What up, though? I'm your boy, Chill B, and this is the Chill Bravado Podcast, where we cover a series called Laker 8216, where we cover the grind of an 82-gang long season with dreams of getting 16 wins to get the chip in the end. But right now, we just dreaming for wins. Right now, we coming off of a three-game losing streak. You know, after their overtime win against the Pelicans, you know, it was optimism that, oh, have they turned the corner? Well, one thing's for sure, we've unlocked a better version of what Russell Westbrook can be for this team. And I want to talk about a few things today. We're going to talk about the third quarter that's become the new thing, you know. Actually, it's the old thing. The old thing, we got it back from last year. Third quarter has just continued to be a, an eyesore for fans and a struggle, a struggle for the Lakers. We're also going to talk about the competition that they played against. We're going to talk about, you know, now that, you know, the shooting is still an issue, but now we've moved on from saying, oh, the shooting is terrible to now saying just the third quarter is a new thing. So, but I think both things kind of go hand in hand. Also, we're going to talk about this new, you know, buzz of now AD being the trade guy. And I'm going to hurt the feelings of a few who have not already learned about LeBron James and his ability to be traded. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, And I'm also, I got a question. I just want to know, is the king washed or is he waiting? Yeah. So, I'm going to address all these things and more. I'm going to take the Band-Aid off this team. We're going to let that wound heal a little bit. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to check you guys into my program. It's called Anxiety Prevention Program. It's the APP, so I'm here for you, Laker 8216. We'll be right back to break it all down. All right, let's get right into it. Let's start right at the top, man. We played against Utah. On Friday, we played against the Cavs on Sunday. Then we turned around and played against Utah at Utah on Monday. So we had a, you know, three-game weekend. I didn't want to speak on any other games until all three were played because I wanted to get, you know, CDs. You know, I told you, collecting data. And this was probably not a good weekend to collect data because it was all bad for the most part. But let's start talking about some good. And the good has nothing to do with the Lakers. The good has to do with how good the Utah jazz have been playing and shooting the basketball they don't miss okay they do not miss they're shooting at unrealistic pace if they continue to shoot like this you might always pencil this team has been a potential dallas mavericks of 2011 like it's that uh, it's it's amazing jordan clarkson's out there who's not a very efficient guy but he's just going nuts from behind the arc, we know he can get inside the lane and do some wonderful things. Mike Conley shooting at a high level. Oh, man, everybody. Um, Lloyd Marketing just dropping it in. It's just amazing, man. Like, everybody's getting in on it. You know, Kelly Olenek here and there. Even Vanderbilt hit a three against us in the first game. He did not play in the second game around with the Jazz. But, man, they just don't know how to tank. And then it kind of makes me mad because Danny Ainge is the, you know, the guy. So, you know, the history that we have with him. So, yeah, man, we have to just acknowledge the, the monkey in the room is that Utah is just playing at an over, 
you know, just over their head type of performance right now. Nobody expected them to come out and do what they've been doing. And yeah, they're sitting at the top right now. They are number one in the West right now, nine and three on a three game winning streak. So like we can say it's early in the season. This is true. But man, like, did you expect to see the Jazz number one? And everybody thought the Suns would kind of fall back. But right now, they're still just clinging on. They're second with 73. Trailblazers, 73. The Nuggets, who gave us our first win generously, 73. You know, so if you look at it, really, the Lakers are at the bottom with the Rockets. You know, we have two wins. The Rockets have two wins. Golden State was able to sneak out and get a win last night. So they're now four and seven. So this is looking real wacky in the West. And then the Cavaliers, they're eight and two. They're second in the East. And what do these two teams have in common right now? Well, they they all have a, a common theme at their guard position and in their, on their bench in their role playing. Okay, Colin Sexton, who came from the Cavaliers. I mean, notice the two teams that did the trade. Oh, the two teams is really just slapping us, you know? Let's start with let's start with the Jazz, man. Like, come on, man. Like they were hitting lights out, shooting over sixty percent as a team at one time, maybe even higher. And you, you really can't do anything about that. We just don't have the muscle to go up against that. We don't have the lasers, as LeBron said that. And with Cleveland, I thought we had a chance. We started off very well against Cleveland, but we just couldn't keep them off the free throw line. We're and I feel like the whistle's blowing a lot. And I feel like sometimes the Lakers are, are really fouling. And then there's other times where I'm just like, dang, you had to call that. Like, we're letting the guards, like, when you got the Mike Conleys of the world, Clarkson, um, Donovan Mitchell, Garland, these guys are able to get in there. And they run into a defender, get the contact, and throw it up. And they might get the M1 or they, they run and throw their head back. You know, they, they're performing out there with, the, with all the skills and the craftiness they say these guards have. It's just, it's just manipulation of the rule. And if you get, you know, you can do that. LeBron doesn't get that because LeBron's not, you know, no matter how much flopping he does, he's never going to get those little guard calls. It's it's the only way to level the playing ground. Because I've always gone on those to say, LeBron on defense, to me, he fouls a lot because he literally like lowers down and he he hits guys low. And no, he's stopping them. You know, to me, I feel like he definitely fouls more on the defensive end. So they kind of balance it out by when he goes in and tries to draw contact. They're like, nah, buddy, we're letting you, you know. And then when we do let you go in the lane, you chicken arming everybody. So I'm not as upset with that. LeBron deserves more calls than that, but he's never gotten those calls. So why would I think they're going to give it to him now? They don't need him to be the face of the league anymore. So why give him face of the league type value? Ooh, hot take. Not really. But... Yeah, man, I just wanted to bring that up because right now Utah's playing above their head, so to speak, and unless they continue to shoot like this, and if they do, then we'll just revisit this and say, hey, it is what it is. We haven't played against a bad team yet. Like, none of the teams we played against are bad. Like, if we're going off last year's performance, you know, or we're going off this current year, name me a team that's struggling, like bad struggle. Like, you know, or name me a team that doesn't have more talent than we have from three to you know, 12, 3 to 15, with however many roster spots you got, um, um, roster spots you got filled. Like, it's really an issue. And I, I'm just really starting to, you know, I watched the game and it was very much an eyesore. You know, I, I'm normally standing up. Last night, the first time I sat down and, and just watched the game. And I think it's starting to set in and become not fun to watch early in the season. And I'm going to tell you why, because we're going to get into the third quarter. 
And I'm going to get into, the, um, you know, discussing LeBron, the AD, and Russ. Normally, I don't. We're going to talk about them today, and I'm going to talk about the Band-Aid, you know, that's covering up the flaws of this team. You cannot Band-Aid these flaws we have. And I'll get to all that next. All right, now that I've given those teams their just due and their respect, let's get down to them. Let's talk about the Lakers. All right, third quarter. We have no bucket getters. We have no shot creators. We have nobody that can space the floor and, and make teams, you know, consistently have to feel that gravity, okay? We've talked about it before, the gravity. We don't have anybody who pulls, okay? Nobody outside in the perimeter grabs anybody. Matt Ryan is probably the only one, but he's not a defender, so he's going to probably make up for whatever he does on the other end. We thank him for the shot he made to help us get that win against the Pelicans. But we understand that this guy should not be a main rotational piece on a team that's trying to get to the playoffs, let alone in this the way this roster is constructed. But you have no choice but to throw him out there because he's playing, he's playing hard. He's doing his best. But let's get to the big guys, the big three, the big guns. LeBron James, sick and sore. Pretty much how you know, I've watched him over these, these last three games sick you know he's under weather you could tell he was um checked out of that game earlier against the jazz the first time and then you know people start oh he's making excuses he's not da 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 oh he could have had a flu game you know and, and it, you see this you know and then it's sore we have reports about his foot he actually set out the game against the jazz um monday with the foot so we have to take it for what it is he's getting older folks and it's starting to show we're going to get to that in just a second ad second half woes that kind of goes into those third quarter woes because he he has a lack of motor his high he doesn't have a high motor he's not a guy like Giannis who can just force and pound and and, and turn it to that guy you know how I talk about gravity like with Steph Curry and all these guys well Giannis has something called force and AD doesn't have that force just because he doesn't have a high motor he's not he's a a very agile big who's a hybrid who can defend multiple positions at an elite level he's able to make you know when he's making his jumper and he's able to get in and, and and make his move to the basket that that's his high level skill but he does not have the high motor that a Giannis has or LeBron in his prime had even LeBron now like his ability to get downhill and move people out the way he's just not that guy it's not there he's not it he's it's okay like even like like Kawhi Leonard, it gets to his spot strong. Well, when he plays, because have we seen him play? I don't know. Tune in to Jr. on All Things Sports Podcast and find out how he feels about Kawhi Leonard. But hey, that's that's neither here nor there. I think Paul Pierce just finally called him out. Whoop de do. But just looking at, at AD, I've said this even last year. I said it in the offseason. He's just no. We can't compare him to the Giannis type of players. He just not. He doesn't have a high motor like that to get down and just, and just bang and have force. And, and hit and bang and you know it's, it's not his game he's skillful he's he's crafty and those type of players you can actually defend those guys when you don't have the quality talent around them especially on the offensive end you know defensively ad can cover a multitude of sins but on the offensive end he's not a guy you just get a ball to him and say i go to work because it's easy to drop a double team now it's easy to come and help late it's easy to force him this way or you know or just you know, make him shoot over the top of you the whole game. That's just kind of easy to, you no know, easier to guard. But if you had shooters around him, if you have, you know, people that gives you spacing and, and has a respectability, you, then you're able to unlock AD. So 
him being more aggressive is definitely something you want to see. He tried to do it um, against the Jazz in the second game, you know, but, you know, that wasn't going to last for a certain period of time because second half, they came out and they pretty much packed the paint and said, all right, make somebody else do something, you know. And we just don't have that except for one guy, Russ. He has embraced the, the MVP chance that he's getting. He's embraced his role. And shame on the fans. Shame on you. I know we want to cheer when our team does great. But the way you treated this man, the way we as the fan base has treated this man for the last year and some change, the audacity to chant MVP while he's at the free throw line. Oh, the audacity. Oh, I don't understand it. It, it. it burns me up when I see it happening. But I, I love seeing him engage with the crowd. He's really wanted to do that the whole time. But when you have got people just screaming and yelling at you to be traded, and then you had the team last year was slow and it was way less fun to watch than this year. At least this year you had some people on the floor that are able to run. And we lost a couple of those guys. You know, Lonnie Walker was out last night. People tend to forget that. An athletic guy who's sick, apparently LeBron, whatever he had, it spread around. Pat Beverly didn't play. You know, he's sick. You know, LeBron's out with the soreness. He's probably coming around. I think it was hence that AD even was experiencing some of the stuff. So right now, I don't really know how to gauge their aggressiveness because they play hard defensively and all that. But now that you're taking guys out, you're seeing guys who should not be in there longer than they should because Matt Ryan should not have that long of a run JTA who I've um you know championed about his role his role is not this he should not be a guy out there playing that many minutes he should be a guy who goes in for one shift one shift not multiple shifts because that gives him multiple times to mess up and do things that he should not do but he's out of character right now he's playing out of his position Kendrick Nunn had a chance to go in there and and you know get get his breakout game coach Ham wanted him to do that didn't happen even when he was scoring it doesn't matter it doesn't show so the fans are chanting and cheering and ranting and raving about who needs to be traded who needs to be even cut like who just gonna cut somebody for nothing when you have a team that's built like this so we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about the 80 trade buzz is building up we're gonna talk about why lebron james trades are unrealistic and we're gonna get into all that and all the hoopla right after this break i got a little bit to say about it All right, and with the AD struggles and the AD um, magnifying glass now, we are zooming in on someone else to blame. Russ is playing better, you know, putting up points and giving energy. All right, let's leave him alone for a few days, and let's turn to our next person, Anthony Davis. Let's, let's go for him. Trade buzz picking up. The media and the fans are out here just begging for someone to trade him. He's not a top guy. He ain't that guy. I'm like that. You know, whatever he was screaming. And they're like, man, he just not. And then they say, oh, they need Bubble Davis back. And I'm telling you, I'm so sick of hearing everybody talk about that year. Like, they wasn't balling before the bubble happened. Like, we, before the world shut down, we had just beat the Clippers. We just beat the Bucks. We were rolling, Okay. It was in there. Like it was that the switch was clicking and then the world shut down. All right. So let's, let's, let's not act like they were, they were not doing the same thing that year. And then you put them in the bubble. And I was like, Oh, the bubble championship, the bubble gum wrapper, you know, championship. And it's fine. I don't really care about people who say that. Cause I, it's neither here nor there because of LeBron wouldn't have won that title. Nobody would care if it was a bubble rapper, rec league, all that. You know, must see TV, baby. They would have watched it. 
and they would have nothing to say. But as soon as LeBron won it, they know all it because the, you know, the Lakers, they gave it to him, blah, blah, blah. So, AD's right back in the trade rumors. Not even the rumors from the Lakers, but from the fans and the media. We're getting all kind of trade machine offers. And on Bleacher Report, they're like, oh, the top landing spots potential for AD. And they're acting like these people are going to really trade away some of their talent, their best players for a guy like AD who's injury prone, a guy like AD who, who's not playing on a good team. You know, everybody's not going to jump to take that on the team unless you really can, you know, have the roster around it to really affect him you know, long-term, especially if you want to have a short-term goal to win a chip. But come on, man. Like, who's really trading for Anthony Davis right now and giving you back something that's going to be worth your while? So, fans, let's let's pump the brakes on the AD trade talk. But if unless, you know, it starts really buzzing this year. Like, I, if you were talking about off-season next year, I get it. Like, I'm probably going to be asking the same question. Like, okay, what are they going to do with him? Because i am gotten to the point now where I'm just willing to ride this out, man. I'm numb to most of it. And LeBron James, you cannot trade him until next. You know, it's not happening. He signed that extension. You're not trading him during the season because he's not eligible to be traded. So it's not going to happen until next season, or next year. So stop it. Just stop wasting your time. I know you don't like that he got traded away all your assets and you, you, you say he got rid of the whole team and this and that. It's his fault the roster constructed this way. He's the one brought in Westbrook. He, you know, he signed all the paperwork. I get it. Everybody hates that. And now we got a mixed bag of trade Russ now or now. I trade Russ never. Like people are really like, don't trade Russ, trade AD. We'll keep Russ. Bring in Buddy Hill um, and Miles Turner to go with Russ and LeBron. We'll be fine. You know, like we're getting that. And I just think that anytime you're in a, a fall like the Lakers are right now, like this is going to cause chaos. It's panicking. Everybody's going to have their opinion. And I feel like it's warranted because right now we're a two and eight fan base on our team is really really struggling this roster construction has really just taken the joy out of what could be good basketball we just had one or two shooters because i feel like this is a more talented team than what our record shows but at the same time you know if you can't figure it out you can't figure it out coach ham said he's tired of losing he didn't come here to lose well right now we gotta take our lumps you know it's gonna happen you know like i said earlier we haven't played against bad teams so these guys Either, either their team has been together and they know their identity as a team or they have individuals on that on those teams, respective ball clubs that know their identity as an individual and they know how to put the ball in the basket. They know, like the Jazz right now, they have no superstars, no stars. They just know their role. They know to keep that ball moving, keep it humming. And we're hot right now, so why stop shooting with that confidence? So Anybody that comes in with the Jazz right now is putting it in. You know, the Cavaliers have two little guards who during the regular season are going to be a hard, hard problem. Uh, you know how I feel about them during the playoffs. But right now, during the regular season, what are you going to do if they get going? And then they have they have rim protection. You know, they have Kevin Love coming off the bench who's just giving quality minutes and points. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's just it's tough, to, the guys who played against. Then we should have beat Portland, but... You know, a couple of boneheaded plays in the end of that game. And then you have Damon Lillard, who knows his role. Another case of individuals who know their games. And we are in a, a a team, right? We're in a state right now with this team. We don't have bucket getters. Kendrick, we thought could, you know, be that guy. But Mr. Um, you know, Mr. Morale, Morale, big stepper is a little stepper because Kendrick Nunn is not that guy anymore. He's not getting you 14, 15 points a game. 
he can give you 10 points and you still lose by 20. Or plus, you know, it's very frustrating. Defensively, he's just not, not that guy. He's too little. He can't play up. He can only guard one position. It's not happening. He, he got a chance to start, so credit to him for giving him a little spark of confidence, hope, hopefully, but it didn't work out. So here we are. Pat Bev, he's offensively has been a non-factor. Defensively, he has some good stretches here and there. But for the most part, that's looking like that's not a good look. Lonnie Walker is just giving us all he can. I can't ask more than that. Troy Brown Jr. giving us all he can. Can't ask for more than that, you know? And then you don't have any bigs, really, that can play. Damon Jones proven last night once again. He's probably not a guy you want to play and lean on. Thomas Bryant's not back yet. Dennis Rhodes is not back yet. Uh, if they come back, it's just a messier rotation. JTA, non-existent offensively. And when we get back, I want to talk about something that I just don't understand the fan base's, you know, fatuation wanting to blow this roster up. The stance that that's just, just trade it all away and break it down. I'm going to address that. Not rantish. I'm not going to rant, but it's going to be questions and, you know, that need answers. And I know you probably don't have the answers. Sway. So I'll be right back to get to that. All right. Break it right down. Break it right down. Let's get right to it. I don't understand the fans who want to just trade everybody away, start over, blow it up, rebuild. Okay, you don't own the rights to your draft pick if you have a terrible season. It goes to the Pels. So you're going to break it down and then let them get in there and get a quality pick. Because if you trade away all your talent, you're not going to win. You're punting the season. Don't understand why you want to, you know, trade LeBron because you can't don't understand why you're not all of a sudden now saying let's just trade ad because doesn't that i mean what does that do when you don't have the draft capital you know and then expectations during this offseason why are y'all that mad i'm mad at the, the the outcome of the games but we already knew this roster wasn't good construction wise we already knew we couldn't shoot we already knew we didn't have spacing. We learned we have better defensive ball club, but still can't shoot. We know that the confidence there is very much wavering. It's, it's, nobody can make a shot, Harlan. We've shot better over the last couple of games, just Utah and Cleveland. Cleveland, who got to the line like 20 times in like the first half, maybe. We're shooting free throw. That kept them in the game. We should have been up way bigger than that, but we were fouling and getting called for a little BS. So that kept the Cavs in the game. Then it turned into who can get a bucket, and we just don't have guys that can get buckets. LeBron James, I don't care how great he is, he's never been a guy who's just going to, you know, bop, 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 and pull up in the mid-range and hit these wonderful shot, easy shots. He has to get downhill. He has to get himself, you know, at the basket. Back in his younger days, he got downhill and dunked or, you know, even – at times when he just wasn't as good of a shooter as he is from deep now, but we don't have any tough bucket getters. Like I, I said, it's about Memphis last year in the playoffs. I said, they're not, they're going to go as far as they can go, but until they get a guy who can get the tough twos, who can get like the, the, the in-between game going, who, who's able to just get you a bucket and get you some points when you're just struggling or when you have a lead and they're trying to make a run and you come down and bop, bop, bop a couple jumpers in, you know, that's the flakes of team. 
for us, the third quarter is deflating because we can't score the basketball. We try so hard to run through these sets and get people the ball. We turn it over, they go the other way. Or we try to get in the lane so hard, we get in there, we miss a layup. Now you have one guy out of position, it's five on four, and potentially three if, if, if LeBron or somebody's not fussing at the refs. And here we are again, they're running and they getting, and we getting the ball out the basket every time. And then we've built in such a big hole that now we're down 10 and our starters are still on the court in the third quarter. But now it's time to present in our rotational players. And who do we have? Vet mid guys, vet minimums. Okay. So what are you expecting from a vet minimum guy contract to do when he's, you know, you pay these guys in that mid tier level money so they can sustain or boost your roster. You know, Bones Highland, those guys who are young players who are on pretty good deals for their, you know, bang for their buck, they earn their keep. Or when you have guys like KCP for like Denver now, you have a guy who's, you know, not top level money, but they're not vet mid guys. All these guys are even the Clippers, the most hated Clippers. Roster full of, full of just 3 and D wings and $15 million contracts here, 20 mil there. Guys who are consistently going to do their role. We have guys who are trying to play for their basketball lives. Last year, Malik Monk came to us and he was, of, of course, was definitely worth more than just a vet mid. And now he got a bigger contract than most he's got since he's gotten a league plan for Sacramento. We just couldn't afford him. So now we have Troy Brown Jr. We have Lonnie Walker. We have Kendrick Nunn, who's the only guy we have bird rights on. You have all these guys trying to play on this vet mid or mid-level exception one-year deals. Austin Reeves, we got to pay him if you want to keep him or we're going to let him do a Caruso and just let him walk. Ironically, stop getting away my favorite white guys on the team. Of them. So let's continue to see what we do because right now, I'm not mad because the, the talent level is very low. When LeBron, Russ, AD, any of these guys come off the court, we're not sending in guys who can galvanize the troops and keep it going. Kendrick Nunn's not going to do it. He can't do it right now. Maybe he'll come on later and have a good, you know, resurgence but that might be too late you know they're saying 20 games yeah 20 games probably about the right time before we pull a trigger uh might be before that but if it if russ's value is not gonna get any higher than right now but if a team see you're still losing they still have the leverage if we were to go on a five game winning streak and we could sound like hey we don't have to trade them we're winning but we're not and how long will russ buy into this role if we're losing and then this the the, the, the trade room was turned back to him again you know, that's still there, but right now everybody's mad at AD because we look at the box score and say, oh, well, he only scored two points in the second half. That's unacceptable. He's soft. Well, this roster sucks when it comes to spacing. This roster sucks when it comes to any type of chemistry. I mean, it's very rare you see these guys come down and put multiple um, offensive productive series together. And I wish we'd never learn about what Ham calls a kill because a kill is three stops in a row, and we just can't get it anymore. Oh, it's fun to have that. I can't wait to see how many kills we get in the game. Bruh, kill that. We're not even worried about it anymore. How many wins can we get? So, yeah, man. And it's, it, look, that's that's my mom telling me to talk about LeBron James. Is he washed or is he waiting? Because I knew I was going to rant too long. I had to set myself in a home because I knew I was going to get going. So I'm back. Whew, I'm back. I'm back. All right. LeBron, is he washed or is he waiting? Is he washed because he's starting to get hurt? No, he's aging. 
is he waiting to see what the, the GM and the, and the team's going to do? Maybe. But right now, he's not fun to watch. Right now, I could care less when he gets the ball and isos. It's killing me to watch him do it. I'm frustrated with that alone. Like LeBron's had a great career. He's done a lot of great things. Got us a lot more TV time. But it comes with a little frustration bill. And as long as he continues the ISO and not get called for anything around the rim and then complain about it and don't get back on defense, it's just hard to watch. So we're going to find out, is he watched or is he waiting? I think he's waiting. And he might be waiting to see if someone gets traded. Or he might be waiting to see, you know, maybe I just need to get healthy. Maybe I just want to get that record. Laker 82-16. Washed or waiting? Still, still pending. I don't know. It's your boy, Chill B. See you next time.